Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can please open up with me, we're making our way through 1 Thessalonians. So we're in 1 Thessalonians 4, picking up in verse 13 as we make our way through this wonderful letter of Paul the Apostle. The title of our message is The Rapture, The Great Hope. The Rapture, The Great Hope. We talk quite a bit about the rapture here in this church because we've been going through the book of Revelation. Now we're going through First and Second Thessalonians. Uh, these are uh, end time, if you will, books. These are uh, Bible prophecy, if you will. Tell, these books tell us what will happen in the future, what will happen in end times. We've been looking at this for some time. I believe we're living in such days. We've been looking at that. So one of the things that will take place in the rapture is uh, we will get our glorified bodies. So the rapture of the church is when Jesus Christ comes back. We're going to look at it. Jesus Christ comes back for his church. The trumpet will sound. The shout will take forth. Uh, the, the, the voice of an archangel is going to go out. We're going to read. And then we who are alive and remain, believers in Jesus Christ, will be caught up together with the Lord in the air to meet the Lord in the air, and our loved ones will be there. We're gonna read that, but we're gonna receive, at that point, I believe, we're gonna look at this, we're gonna receive a glorified body, because our body is not fit for heaven. Our body needs to be buried, or in the rapture, our body needs to be changed. Those before us that have been buried, they're gonna be changed. And another thing that's gonna happen, and we're gonna look at this, it's very interesting, and sometimes it can be confusing. Those that have been, our loved ones that know Jesus that went before us, they're in heaven right now. To be absent from the body means that they're in the presence of the Lord. So if you've lost loved ones, they're in heaven, okay, if they've known Jesus Christ. But what's gonna happen when they come back, we're gonna look at this, they're gonna receive their glorified body just before us. So we're gonna look at these things. And I'm gonna ask if you can, again, please stand with me. And I'm gonna read this text out loud. And we're gonna look a little closer. Pray that I can shorten up this message because I've got a lot to talk about here. So please pray. Okay, Paul the Apostle writing to new believers in Thessalonica, modern day Greece. He writes to the new believers, Talking about end times, he says, but I do not want you to be, can we say it out loud? Ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a, can we say it? Shout. With the voice of a archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Verse 17, two more verses, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall, what? Always be with the Lord. Com therefore comfort one another with these words. Or we pray over these verses. We ask that you would, uh, again, give us insight, but uh, help me to kind of move things around a little bit with this message, however you want. We just give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You could be seated. Thank you. Just as a way of reminder to bring us back to where we're at here in verse 13, um, 
Chapter one, chapters one through three, basically Paul the Apostle writing to a new church, the church that he birthed in his second missionary journey. He's mostly for three chapters encouraging them, telling them how great they're doing and telling them, you know, exhorting them and telling them, you know, your faith is awesome. You're, you have a great faith, great love. And he's been kind of admonishing them in a wonderful way and, and, and really sincerely uh, commending them for how good they're doing in the faith, okay? Chapter four, though, we've looked at from the beginning here, there's been correction going on. I, you know, a lot of us, we don't want to be corrected. It's like, you know, I want to do it my way, but then we need to be corrected. God needs to correct us. So if you recall last week, uh, Paul the Apostle brought correction. What was happening was they were living, the, these new believers, they were living in such a state, they were waiting for Jesus to come at any time, and that's how we're supposed to be. But to their fault, being that if you remember last week, they, they quit their, a lot of them quit their jobs. They, they stopped doing their daily obligations and they became freeloaders and they became dependent on everybody else and they became busybodies. Remember that? Remember Paul exhorted them and says, mind your own business. So when you tell somebody, mind your own business, you're quoting scripture. Mind your own business. <laughs> but another misconception that they had they didn't quite understand. Their loved ones that died in Jesus, they thought maybe they missed out. They're, they're gonna miss the rapture. They're, they, they, they passed away. And so they have a question, well, what happens to them? Where are our loved ones? So that's why Paul writes this to bring more correction, to show them very clearly what happens to those that die. We're gonna talk about that, uh, if they know Jesus, and the rapture of the church. So that they didn't miss the rapture, he's gonna explain all that to them. And because of the correction that's going on, the scripture, the section that we're looking at here, we'll be looking at in the next few weeks or so, we have some of the most profound end time teaching in the entire Bible, right in front of us, right here that we read. So I wanna dive back in in verse 13, look at a closer look at this, trying to be aware of a time. Verse 13, it says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Because we believe in Jesus, we have hope that goes beyond the grave. I know when I die, I know I'm going to heaven. Matter of fact, the, 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 the instant I gave my life to Christ, I knew I was going to heaven. I knew I was heaven bound. And I remember even going to my sister and telling my sister, why didn't you tell me about the Holy Spirit and I'm gonna go to heaven and, this, and then the, to be absent from my body, I'm gonna be in the presence of the Lord. I got it right away. The Holy Spirit living in me, you know, just revealed it to me. I'm heaven bound. And so I remember asking my sister that and she says, I've been trying to tell you for 13 years. I go, really? She goes, yeah. I go, no, I go, no the Holy Spirit. She goes, 13 years. I didn't get it. But now I have the peace, I have the hope that goes uh, beyond the grave. And, and not only that, my loved ones that have died, my dad, my mother, I have three babies, I have a brother, I have grandparents, I have cousins and uncles, and I have a great investment in heaven, and I'm gonna see them because of Jesus. So we don't sorrow with those that, that have no hope. We, we don't have that, we, you know, we, we just don't have this sorrow. A friend of Kathleen's, she, her father passed away a, a while ago and she was concerned because she never prayed with her father to receive the Lord. And, 
And my wife, Kathleen, was trying to minister to her and say, I really believe your dad's in heaven. She goes, no, I, have no, I, I don't know that he is. There's no evidence of that. And so, so she was really disturbed by that. Like she'll never, she was thinking, I, I might never see my dad again. And it, just, it really tormented her. And, and so a few years went by, and this, this friend of uh, my wife, she works at a, a doctor's office, and somebody made an appointment, and she noticed the name and the name, the last name was a, a name of a, a friend of her father that she, that, that knew her father for many years. So the gentleman came in and right away she says, hey, I noticed your last name. Would you happen to be the person that was a good friend of my dad? And he goes, what's your dad's name? He goes, yeah, I've known him for years. And, and so they started talking and listen to this. He was a believer and he says, I want you to know something. He said, uh, your dad prayed to receive Jesus uh, and he's in heaven right now. Do you know that? And so sometimes we don't know. Listen to this. Jesus will do whatever it takes. He, it's his will, none shall perish. We don't know. People, sometimes they'll, it, it, their last breath, they give their life. Think of the thief at the cross. He was a thief. He was a criminal. He looked at Jesus. He says, remember me when you go into your kingdom. And what did Jesus tell him? Today you shall be with me in paradise. Right at, the, right at the last moments of his life. And it, it happens so many times. Many times. I've, I've had opportunities to pray with people that, you know, the family calls me out. One used to live in Broadmoor. Matter of fact, I heard he was like, our church at Peter's Landing, he lived like a couple doors away. And, and I heard that he was passing away and he didn't know the Lord. And I kept asking people, can I get in there? I really like to just talk to him. He, they, you know, he's... Terminal cancer, he's going to die any day. Please get me in there. And people say, well, he doesn't want to talk to you. I don't think he wants to talk to you. He's an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. I said, well, I, that's okay. I still want to talk to him. I receive a phone call from his ex-wife, who's a Christian, and the daughter, who's a Christian. And they called the church and said, well, can the pastor maybe visit my dad before he dies? The, the daughter, I guess. And, the, and I said, I would love to. I go in there, make a long story short. I just share the gospel with this gentleman who's an atheist. And I said, do you believe? He says, yes. <laughs> I said, do you want to pray to receive Jesus? And do you realize your sin separates you from a holy God? Jesus Christ died for your sin. He goes, yes. And he prayed right there, received Jesus to, to be his Lord and Savior. Within 24 hours, he passed away. I'm going to go see him in heaven. Seriously, because of Jesus Christ. So we don't sorrow with others who have no hope. We have hope. I, I love this verse, these two verses. Paul the Apostle, 2 Timothy 1.9 says, talking about Jesus, it says, who has, can we say this out loud? Saved us. That means saves us from our sins, that we can go to heaven. He saves us and calls us with a what? Do you realize if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a holy calling? My question, do you know what your holy calling is? He has given all of us as believers a holy calling. Oh, that's just for you, pastor. You're a minister. No, 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 no. This is for all of us with a holy calling. Not according to our what? We can't work for that holy calling. But according to his own what? Purpose and that's favor. Let's check this out though. Which was given to us in Christ before what? Does that blow your mind? In other words, the holy calling he has, the purpose he has for your life before time began. He's like, I know the calling I have for this person. Before time began, by his grace, his favor, his purpose, his plan, 
Nobody in the world is like you. Your eyes are different than anybody else. Your voice is different than anybody else. Your fingerprints are different than anybody else. You are different. Your DNA is different than anybody else. He created you for a purpose, and he knew before time began, all we need to do is walk in that calling that he's called us to walk in. Amen? It goes on. It has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has, I love this, can we say this out loud? Abolished death. He's abolished it. Oh, death, where is your sting? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the, the death has no substance. For the believers in Jesus Christ, death has no substance. To be absent from our body means that we're going to be in the presence of the Lord when we shed this body or when we're raptured. We'll take our body with us and we'll be changed. Who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through what? The gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul's telling these new believers, I do not want you to be ignorant when it comes to these things. Means ignorant, that word means to not know, to be unaware, to be mistaken, to be an heir. When it comes to what? Life after this life? When it, when it comes to the rapture of the church? Before I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I was ignorant. I really didn't know. Life after, after this life, people would ask me, do you know where you would go when you die? Because I was raised in the Catholic Church, I used to say, I think purgatory? <laughs> I would say that. I think purgatory? I really didn't know. And then as life went on, I know it was so bad, I figured I'm not even good enough for purgatory. They're not going to take me. <laughs> so seriously, it was more, I think hell, but uh, I don't really want to go there, but I know I'm a sinner. I, didn't, I was ignorant of those things. I, I was ignorant of what happens when we leave this world. And Paul the Apostle, listen, telling new believers in Jesus Christ, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to misunderstand this. I don't want you to be an heir. The rapture of the church, seriously. I never even heard of the rapture of the church until I became a believer in Jesus Christ. Never even heard of it. Didn't even know what it was. People say rapture, but what is that? So we're not to be ignorant of these things. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Those are talking about the body, sleeping. The, the body's at rest. It's not talking about the person. The, the body's at rest. It's d basically dying, but their body's at rest. It's not totally, uh, the body's laying there. So it's, it's, in the scripture, it's called sleeping, even though the, I mean, we call it dead. The body's dead, but it's, it's sleeping. So, but my question is, if we, it says, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, my question to everybody here, do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Yes. Well, if so, then we need to believe that when the rapture happens, he's going to bring our loved ones, those that have died before us. Is that going to be a great reunion or what? My mother, most of you know this, that my mother passed away when I was five months old, never knew my mother. If the rapture happens right now, I'm going to go see her instantly. Is that going to be awesome? We had three miscarriages, three babies in heaven, instantly. My dad, who passed away about nine, ten years ago, he's there in heaven. I mean, think of the reunion that's going to be. We're going to be, okay, the rapture. The, the, we're going to look at that a little bit closer, but it means that we're going to be caught up together with them in the air. They're there. They're going to be in the clouds. We're going to be there with them. We're going to be like, what? Yeah! And then, check this out, we're going to have glorified bodies. We're going to go, what? Check this out. Look at you. And we're going to be like, whoa, look at this. 
I mean, what a glorious time that's going to be. What great hope we have. But rapture, we're in the air with our loved ones that have gone before us. Then we're going to have these glorified bodies that will never be tainished, never be, no more death, no more pain. Do you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again? Then know that there is this reality that there will be the rapture of the church. I believe personally we could be that generation that will be raptured. Why? I believe a lot is taking place. A lot of end time stuff is happening right before our eyes. We've been looking at that. There's more things happening today. So when we look at that, how about this? Knocking on famine's door, this headline. Uh, it says, UN food chief wants action now. He's, he's urging donors, billionaires to help because it says otherwise there's going to be chaos all around, all over the world. Seriously, there's a, there's a serious food shortage that's taking place. And so we see that happening. It's making news. Uh, Revelation 6 talks about the black horse will bring food shortage. This is the time of the tribulation. And so after the rapture, this is my eschatology. I believe we're going to be raptured and then there's going to be seven years of tribulation that'll take place. So Rapture, we're up there, and then during the time of tribulation, a black horse, the rider on the black horse will bring food shortage. The rider on the pale horse will bring hunger. So we've got that going on. Then you have this. This is terrible. Did you see this? Biden says he'll make Roe v. Wade into national law if voters send two more Democrats to Senate. That's evil. Can I get an amen for that? I mean, that's evil. He says, give me two more senators in the United States Senate, I promise you. The president said, I promise you I'll kill more babies. That's evil. It's wrong. And then, if that wasn't bad enough, we have the president. He says, I welcome Prime Minister Lapid's uh, courageous statement at the UN General Assembly. An agreement with the Palestinian based on two states for two people is the right thing for Israel's security, for Israel's economy, and for the future of our children. He says, I could not agree more. So, so the Prime Minister of Israel, he announced at the, uh, the United Nations Assembly that he wants a two-state solution. Guys, do you understand that that's not their land? That's God's land. He gave it to the children of Israel. And... Joel chapter 3 verse 2 says, I also will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. That's Armageddon. That's the main battle. That's where God will destroy, or judge and destroy people that are rejecting him, right? And he says, I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, that's Israel, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and goes on, they have also, can we say that? Can you read that? divided up my land. Notice who God calls the land. He says, that's my land. You don't divide my land. And then, how about this? Top Russian official just quotes the book of Revelation to describe America's soon fate. He quotes Revelation 9.18. Revelation 9.18 says that a third of the world population will be wiped out. And so, the Russian continues to threaten us with nuclear annihilation. And it says, why are so few people in the West, the Western world, why aren't we alarmed at this? So we could be entering possibly World War III, but he's quoting the book of Revelation. Interesting. And then you have, do you guys, how many heard this? Russia could be drafting up to one million soldiers to fight Ukraine. Is this end time stuff or nah? Not really. <laughs> and then 
the Biden administration is moving one step closer to developing central bank digital currency known as the digital dollar. So Revelation 13 talks about the, we will have a digital system to buy and sell. We won't have, we'll have a cashless society. Moving closer to Revelation 13. And lastly, good news. I always like to leave with good news when I look at the news, when we look at the news. So Arizona judge allows the, the law of 1864 abortion ban to go into effect. So let's give the Lord a chance for that. Back in our text. Verse 15. For this we say to you by the... Can we say that out loud? In other words, Paul's saying, I'm not making this up. This is by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, excuse me, will by no means precede those who are, can we say that out loud? Asleep. Asleep. So correcting them, they're thinking that they're missing out. Those that preceded us, those that went before us, precede just means to come before us. They arrive. He says, no, 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 we're not going to, they're going to arrive first. So they're with, they're with the Lord. So don't worry about that. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a, can we say that again, please? With the voice of a archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will there's a lot here, guys. The Lord himself, he's not going to just send an angel to come get us. Did you ever think of that? He could have just said, hey, you know what? Can you go get my, my kids? No, the Lord himself will descend. He'll come down. He's going to come. He could have sent an angel, a bunch of angels. Gather them up. No, it's, it's, I see the picture of he's, he's saying, I, I can't wait to bring them up to be with me. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel. Notice, so there's going to be a shout. There's going to be a voice of an archangel. And there's going to be a trumpet. I personally believe, you know, the shout, the voice, I, I believe that we have some indication what he might say in Revelation 4. Because in Revelation 4, this is a prophecy of the rapture. John was caught up during that time of the rapture, I believe. So it says, after these things, I looked and behold, the door standing open. I believe this is the rapture that Paul, or excuse me, that John saw in the book of Revelation. Open, and it says, and the first voice which I heard like a, can we say that? Trumpet, speaking with me saying, what? Come up here and I will show you the things which must take place after this. I personally believe that this is, this is a, a John seen into the future, be it a vision or caught up into the future, but he saw this and he, this is a rapture. So I believe that voice is going to, the, the voice will be come up here. Look back at verse 16, the trumpet of God. There's going to be a trumpet sound, probably a chauffeur sound. And then when I first thought about this, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to hear the trumpet sound. We're going to hear it. We're going to be caught up, right? And different reasons throughout the Bible, they have different trumpet sounds for the gathering of the people and all different. So, so whatever that sound is, it'll be like the gathering of the people. We're going to be. But then you think through this. Well, well, will the people on the earth hear that trumpet sound? And then I used to think, well, we're in tune with heavenly things. They're not going to probably hear the trumpet sound. And, and so, you know, there's this thought. Well, what do you think? Are they going to hear that sound? I believe possibly they will because there's a prophecy also in Joel. It says, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in the holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. That's the that's the day of the Lord. That's the day of judgment that's going to hit. So once we're gone, day of judgment's coming. So it's very possible this is saying they're going to hear it. They're going to hear this trumpet sound and, and they're going to know, hopefully, people that know the Bible but they didn't know the Lord. 
They're going to say, judgment's coming, and it is. They're going to hear the trumpet sound. We're going to be caught up, but judgment's going to come. And it says, for it's, for it's at hand, a day of darkness, gloominess, clouds of thickness of darkness, like the morning clouds spreading over the mountains. So it's definitely the day when God will judge the earth, the time of tribulation. The dead in Christ will rise first. They're going to rise. In other words, they're going to receive their glorified bodies before us. So the trumpet sounds, the, they're up, they're going to meet us, they're waiting to meet us. The trumpet sounds, these bodies, their bodies come up, they, they receive their glorified bodies, and then we, we're caught up and we receive our glorified bodies. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.